Hello there, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman, and you're listening to Exploring Different Brains. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Today, we're going to talk about one of the most undervalued things in our society, inspiration. I'm going to introduce you to seven very interesting people from all different walks of life, attorneys, teachers, business people, you name it. And they're going to tell you what inspired them to get into the business of helping those of us with different brains because it's all about neurodiversity. First, let's hear from my friend Michael Burnick out there in California, where he was the Director of Labor and Employment for the state of California, which is one-sixth of the United States population, where he wrote the book, The Autism Job Club, and he's on the board of directors of ASCEND, which helps those of us with different brains find employment. My son William was diagnosed as being um, on the spectrum in 1991 when he was age two. Now, at that time, um, like most people, Don and I had very little knowledge of what autism was. Um, In general, in in, um, California and I think across the United States, if people knew of autism at all, they knew of Rain Man. Um, it was a really um, different period, um, very little information. Now, of course, there's been a sea change. Now you can't pick up a newspaper or turn on the TV or go to a movie without some reference to autism, but it was very different then. And um, I first became involved um, in the autism community um, through William, um, and then when um, he graduated from um, Cal State East Bay um, in late 2012, um, you know, we were looking at what adult programs and um, associations there were and came upon Ascend. And Hacky, I I, um, remember going to the first Ascend meeting I went to was actually in in late 2011. Um, It was in a small room at a downtown community college building on 4th and Mission here in San Francisco. Um, I can't even recall what the issues we discussed that day. Uh, There may have been 15 people in attendance, but I left that meeting and I said, after 20 years, I'm finally home. I finally have come home. And over the past four years, I've continued to be uh, very involved with Ascend. Now let's hear from a great educator, Sue Khan, who is the author of the book series, Sue's Strategies. Uh, I became a teacher of, you know, just regular elementary school classrooms. And I taught a year after earning my master's degree from Boston University in education, where I had majored in reading. And then I decided to have a family. But my family turned out to be rather different from most people's families because one son had a severe dyslexia. Another son had a very rare physical ailment, which eventually took his life. And a third son had some mental health issues. So I became 
interested in my own self-interest of helping my children in learning everything I possibly could about how the brain learned and how I was going to solve the problems of my children. And I succeeded best with my dyslexic child and I've made it a career and I've actually helped thousands of people. Now I'm trying to spread the knowledge with uh, books for parents and teachers so that others will know how to help a dyslexic child to read within one year. Now let's hear from Catherine Pasquas, the host of the Autism Show podcast and the author of the Autism Activities Handbook. Tell us how you got into neurodiversity. Yeah, so um, I have a cousin who was actually diagnosed with autism when he was four years old. And I started working with him, and I was trained to do ABA therapy with him uh, when he was young. And this sparked my interest to work with, with children on the spectrum. So after him, I worked with several families and, and their children who are, who are on the spectrum. And um, he's one of the biggest inspirations for the work that I do. And um, one time when I was working um, with a child who, who, was, who had a big artistic ability and um, we, we were trained as ABA therapists to, I guess, work on, work on more of his weaknesses than his strengths. And I remember seeing Temple Grandin one time on a TED Talk, and she was giving a, a talk about neurodiversity. And that's how I first got introduced to the topic of neurodiversity. And um, now when I work with kids on the spectrum, it's, it's in everything I do. I've, I've interviewed a lot of neuro, neurodiversity um, advocates like you, Hacky, and um, it's been a journey. Next up is a wonderful writer, Cassandra Dunn, the author of The Art of Adapting. Tell us about The Art of Adapting. Well, I had an uncle who had Asperger's syndrome. And so I always knew that at some point I wanted to write something to do with it just because it was an interest of mine. And I noticed once my kids got into school that um, their school is the district school for kids that are on the spectrum. And so they began interacting with kids that had Asperger's and autism throughout their school day. And I got to know some parents of young children that had um, autism and Asperger's. And I started feeling like it was an important story to tell from the perspective of having known an adult who had it, somebody who wasn't just figuring out how to navigate all these things. And, and I could see the pressures that parents felt to uh, you know, mainstream their kids and help get them settled as quickly as possible. And, and I kind of thought that it might help balance some of that to talk a little bit about what it looks like in an adult from uh, even a child's perspective to, uh, to grow up around it and sort of accept it as just a normal part of someone's personality. Now let's step back a bit to when you were growing up. Uh, so, yeah. Um, where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in El Cerrito, right next to Berkeley in California. And... Uh, you had an uncle who was the basis for this character. He was the inspiration. The character is a very different person. He changed a lot once I started actually creating the book, but he definitely was the reason that I felt compelled to write about somebody who had Asperger's syndrome. Was he your favorite uncle? He was... I didn't have that many uncles, but yeah, he was the one that I saw the most. And um, which wasn't really that much. He was, you know, a very private person, very quiet, kind of kept to himself. But he would show up at all of our family gatherings if we had Christmases and stuff and kind of stand in the background. And he was just always an interesting character to me. 
a very, very sweet guy, really, really smart, had, you know, deep interests and he would learn a lot about a new topic if it seemed interesting to him and he just seemed to have a wealth of information and I think as an aspiring writer I liked that in somebody who really had you know deep interests and a lot to say about some particular topic. Now let's head to Australia and speak with Sarah Collins who is the founder of Autism Care. I've got a background in education and uh, business and um, was working as an instructional designer um, when I had my first child. Um, right from the start, uh, there were a few difficulties uh, that we experienced and as he got older, um, it became more apparent that there was something else going on. Um, so fast forward a few years and we've got a diagnosis and um, we've now got four children. Um, our fourth child is actually in the process of getting a diagnosis also. Um, yeah, my eldest is now eight. I've got a, a six-year-old, a five-year-old and the youngest is two. So it's fairly hectic in our household. <laughs> <laughs> I can well imagine. I can well imagine. And, and uh what was your introduction into the world of neurodiversity? Um, we've got a few extended family members who are um, on the autism spectrum. They, they introduced me to neurodiversity. Um, it probably wasn't until I had children um, that were diagnosed and I got to understand them better that I actually started to understand more about neurodiversity. Let me introduce you to a man who founded a business for those of us with different brains. I want you to meet Tom DeArey, who is the co-founder of the Rising Tide Car Wash. Yeah, so Rising Tide Car Wash was founded by my father, John, and I. Uh, we needed to kind of think of a solution for my brother Andrew. Uh, when Andrew was 21 years old, it became really apparent that uh, without our help, he wasn't going to be able to find uh, the, the meaningful employment and build that full and independent adult life that he's so capable of. Uh, there's about 80% unemployment among individuals with autism, so we realized that this wasn't just an issue with Andrew or his specific situation. This was kind of a systemic issue across the autism community. So my dad uh, is a successful entrepreneur. Uh, he's built multiple businesses over the course of his career. I had just graduated business school uh, and we decided to take action. So we looked at a bunch of different things, uh, found that the car wash really was a great fit. Uh, it's, so it's a conveyorized car wash. We do exterior only car washes as well as full service uh, and, and express detailing. Um, and with that, we have a about 35 individuals with autism working for us. That makes about 80% of our staff. Uh, Hacky, as you mentioned, they're, they're really precise, they're really detail-oriented, they really have a lot of enthusiasm for the work, uh, and, and that creates a, a competitive advantage for, for our business, and it also creates a really great tool to educate the community about how capable people with autism are, because as you saw, when you leave, you left with a great quality of service. Uh, you felt that um, they did a great job, and we got good customer service as well, and, and it was done by pretty much everybody with, with autism. So 
that is essentially our goal with Rising Tide Car Wash is to show how capable people with autism are by delivering a better car wash product uh, than a normal car wash would. Finally, we're going to hear from someone who founded a clothing company for those of us whose brains are different. Karen Bowersocks, the founder of Downs Designs Dreams and NBZ Jeans. Um, your inspiration, I understand, is your granddaughter Megan, and we would like to hear all about how that whole thing got you where you are today. Well, it's probably the joy of my life. Uh, actually, I have 12 grandchildren. Wow. I have two daughters, one with eight and uh, one with four. Uh, Maggie uh, was born with Down syndrome. Her name is Maggie, and uh, she's now 11 years old. So uh, when Maggie came into our life, uh, I didn't really know anything about Down syndrome. I was running my husband's medical practice at the time. Um, so uh, uh, about, she was four, and my daughter says, you know, mom, you're a businesswoman. Why don't you make clothes for people with Down syndrome? That's how it started. And I, I laughed. I didn't know a thing about clothes. I didn't know a thing about Down syndrome. I just love Maggie. And I didn't know there was any difference in her body shape. So I went home that day after I laughed at her and I said, I'll just buy her something online. So I started searching the internet for something for a person with Down syndrome. Nothing nothing available ever anywhere. And then I, I started looking at adaptive wear. Oh my gosh, there were Velcro capes and Velcro skirts. I was appalled at what was available for someone who had a disability. Well, I, I am an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since 1986, had my own business, uh, ran my husband's medical practice. And then uh, this brain was really... Um, just going. And I, I had a seamstress in our practice and I, and I talked to her, I go, why don't we just go buy clothes and then all and shorten them? Cause I knew everything was just too long for Maggie. Well, I started, you know, through our patients and, and talking to people who had children with down syndrome, I, I met another seamstress who said, Oh, that'll never work. So I called the design school in Cleveland and I started talking to some of the teachers and they said, well, you'll need to hire a designer and you'll have to get fit models, they call them, and actually design clothes on them. Well, I called this, uh, they gave me the name of a young lady. Her name is Jillian Jankowski, and we have been together for six years now. And uh, we had, we defined, we found models. We started with adults and I went to the bank. I thought I was going to make this entire wardrobe of clothes. Believe me, I had visions of grandeur. I walked into the bank. We had great credit. I go, you know, can I get about $500,000? I want to make this clothing people with Down syndrome. And I was very, very naive. So I um, I came out there with my chin on the ground, but he's gonna get me. <laughs> so I go, well, what could I make if I made one thing? So I said, everybody needs a great pair of jeans. So we started with jeans and uh, we, we found our models and it took about uh, six months to actually design the eight styles of jeans for men and women. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.com.